Jen was so excited about getting her very first book onto the market. She put it out there onto Amazon, and then she was able to get her friends and her family to buy it. So they were all just buying the copies of her book, and it was so exciting. That is, until they had finished making those purchases, at that point, it became complete crickets. Jen was left wondering, was there something that she had done wrong? And that is why in today's video, we are going to discuss the seven deadly sins of self-publishing. This is Chris Baird from selfpublishingmadeeasynow.com, where self-publishing doesn't have to be so hard. So the thing is, Jen, she's a history teacher who lives in Texas, and she was excited about this idea of writing books. She realized there's a lot of opportunities around it, and so what better subject to write on than one she was already an authority in, which is history. So she started looking at different options and was thinking maybe she could do teaching online, and if she could get some money coming from the books, this would be a transition for her to maybe do better than her previous job and also be able to control things a little bit better. And so she was thinking that maybe by putting a book onto Amazon, she would achieve this specific goal. The problem though, was that she realized she was doing something wrong. So many people make the whole self-publishing thing seem so easy, but then when she was going to do it, only her friends and family ended up buying her book and she couldn't see what the, what the issue was. So she could see that there were other history books on the market that were actually selling lots of copies, but she wasn't sure why her book was ranked in the millions when it came to Amazon. And she also realized that if she didn't do this, she would, would she ever have a chance to establish herself as an authority if she didn't figure out a way of getting these books to sell? In fact, she began to wonder if maybe it was better just to stay in her current teaching job and forget all about this whole online thing. And she was thinking that possibly that was, a, was another option. So the first thing that she decided to do was taking her book and thinking maybe it's just because people don't know about it. So she went to all these different history groups and groups where people are sharing their their books and other places like that. And she ended up just posting her books, linked to her book on Amazon all over the place. And the end result was about the same as it was before, which was getting kicked out of certain Facebook groups that she had been in because they didn't like her spamming, it was in violation of their rules, and nobody was buying. Even putting it in the groups where it was free for authors to share, different authors would share their books, nobody was buying anybody else's books, but for some reason they thought if they just continue this particular method, that eventually it would work out, when in reality it has no impact whatsoever when it comes to sales. The other thing was, she thought again, which was not all of her friends had actually purchased. So she thought by going back and informing them all of how wonderful her book was, that perhaps that would get be the thing that would start. The only thing that happened there was that she annoyed her friends and family. And this is just a quick note. Do not bug your friends and family with your business. So you can mention you're doing stuff and you're coming out with a book, but don't pressure people to go buying your book. This is a very painful way of doing it. Keep a difference between you have your core readers, the people who really want to read your stuff, and you have people who want to support you. So you can just mention casually, look, I've come out with a book. I'm really excited about it. Here's the book, the link to the book. But you don't have to pressure them into buying and this is it just starts to mix this idea of money and business with your family and friends and sometimes this can ruin the overall setup so this was a terrible strategy that also did not work for her at all so what finally happened was she 
was watching some of my YouTube videos where I was hitting a number of different points and she was resonating with a number of the points that I normally hit on YouTube. And so she decided to book a absolutely free discovery session with me where we're able to sit down and do a deep dive looking exactly at her book and seeing what exactly are the issues of why it's selling and why or why it isn't selling. And the thing is, is that uh, when you're coming to this, you have people who believe that you can just write a book and it should sell. And sometimes it can be a little bit annoying, but those people usually aren't the ones booking sessions with me because in reality, the idea of, look, I don't care what anybody thinks. I'm putting my book on the market as is. And if it doesn't sell, it doesn't sell the, the uh, starving artist type. And, and the fact is, is they never will fully understand this idea that no books, getting a book on the market is all about finding the right market and then finding a way to properly position your book to that existing market in an appealing way that will cause them to read it and then tell their friends about it and buy your next book. And we continue going like this. And that this is what's the, where the real power is. But there are some people out there who just believe that's not possible. Fortunately, Jen was not one of these groups. And that brought us into the discovery session where we were able to explore the seven deadly sins. And in her book, she was violating all seven of them. So the first one was, no market. We did a quick look at the history books that she had been publishing and we went on to Amazon and we took a look at the exact type of history books she was doing and I couldn't find any other history books. So that means there's no market. We're trying to put books on the market for nobody there. We're trying to sell something, some weird thing, let's say a, some sort of a pen type of thing or something like that where nobody's currently buying pens. And so the problem with going to a non-existent market is we have to educate people on what a pen is, what it can do for you, why you need it. We're having to tell them the problems that they have, like some weird medical disorder that nobody's ever heard of and you come out with a book on it, it's not going to sell. There is no market. And, you would, and the question is, well, how do I know if there's a market? And that's why we go and take a look and we just search for the keyword that you're targeting. So if it's some sort of like shiny silver pen, then we might type into Kindle shiny silver pen. And that's one of the things I use with is Katie Spy. You can find my affiliate link below where I'm able to do some of these checks to see how exactly these books are ranking. And once it comes up with the books in that exact same niche, we're able to see how many of them are ranked in the top 100,000. In her case, in Jen's case, there were no books in the top 100,000. There was no market. The second deadly sin, because I have to keep moving through these, was an oversaturated market. In her case, this was not the case. Oversaturated would be, yeah, there's books that are selling, selling tons of books, but then there's 50,000 books in the market. And that's a secondary, uh, one of the other, the second sin of self-publishing. Do not publish in an oversaturated market because your book will be forgotten immediately. There'll be too much competition. Number three, a clever title. She came up with a title that didn't even say it was a history book or some sort of a historical thing. It was like lots of cleverly put together words that sort of rhymed and had starting letters uh, about the same alliteration that was going on. but. The problem with this particular thing was that I had no idea what this book was about based upon the clever title. And she didn't even have a subtitle where normally we'd tell it for people looking to read this type of book or for people who have this problem, do you see? And so there was no 
subtitle, just a clever title that was on the front cover. The next thing was she was completely ignoring keywords. She wasn't using, again, my favorite tool, Katie Spy, to check out which keywords actually would be selling and then making sure those are part of it. She asked the, me the question, what do you mean by keywords? What, do you, what exactly are we even talking about? I mean, she saw that you had to put seven of them in when she uploaded her file, but otherwise it wasn't really clear what that was about. So she just picked some random keywords that maybe were related or not. She didn't use Katie Spy, I can tell you that much, which is by far the most powerful tool. Uh, every self-publisher who's succeeding is using this particular tool. So it's definitely worth the investment in this tool. The, the final, the other one was she had no reviews. She had her family and friends buy the book, but didn't bother to ask them for reviews. Is that if you have reviews, you're gonna get five to 10 times the amount of sales as you would without any reviews, no reviews at all. I clicked on her author's bio, which originally she didn't even have one, but then when she finally did get one up, it was telling about her childhood and interest she has in gardening and these sorts of things. It, and then she said, oh, and I also really, this is my first book. I'm, I'm excited to put it on the market. I hope people like it. She was setting herself up not as an authority, as in a teacher with, a, with so and so many years of experience of teaching, but setting herself up as somebody who's just sort of interested in history and all of these other things that are completely unrelated. And most people don't give you that time. This is a common mistake with your author's bio. And then the seventh deadly sin was walled of text description. She decided in her description just to give tell everything the book's about in this huge wall of text, which wasn't broken up, no bold faces, no call to action telling them to buy the book, not breaking it down and pulling out questions with open loops and asking people, uh, will this, what do you, are you bored or do you want to learn more about Napoleon or whatever, you know, the, the exact history book, we're not going into the exact niche, but you got my, you catch my drift here as we're going through this is that her description was just this huge wall of text, this big essay, and nobody's going to read that. It's just too much information hitting them. And so she had a lot to think about after this session with seven deadly sins. There was an awful lot to think about, and that, but she did not regret booking the session because it's absolutely free. And you can see below in the description if you would like to book a absolutely free discovery session where we will take a close look at the books you're working on or books you've published that aren't selling like you would like to and discussing how you can make small changes to lead to big results on your specific books. So, but back to Jen. So she finally faced her ultimate obstacle, which was she realized she needed to redo multiple things on her book. So the first thing was she started and at one thing at a time, which is something I do with my clients, which is only one thing at a time. We do not try to do 50 things. We do not try to do everything, just one thing at a time, and then the next thing, and then the next thing. And what she discovered was something that was a little bit terrifying that sometimes my clients find from time to time. She found that there are no other history books of this type of niche that were selling on Amazon, meaning there was no market. And so she could put out 50 books on this subject, but it wouldn't make a difference since nobody's searching for it. Nobody's looking for these specific books. And how do we know it? Because nobody's done it before. Now you might be this one in a million who managed to nail it. Like you invent the fidget spinner, right? You got this thing spinning and you had no idea it would be popular. And then it goes on the market and explodes. Everybody rips you off. You don't have a patent on it. You're left with nothing. So every now and then a novice discovers a market, a non-existent. I personally, my son discovered it when I was working through self-publishing with him. He hit a market that was an underserved market and it started to explode and that book still continues to sell. It's unbelievable, but that is a miracle. So that is not what you should be doing. You should be finding existing markets with books with, where they're underserved and then targeting those markets. So what she did, she just finally decided, okay, she used Katie Spy 
and she went through the different history niches and different keywords, playing with Katie Spy back and forth to find the right keywords until she figured out a specific history niche that actually was selling. And this was so exciting because it was a hot niche. And she realized instead of trying to pound into a niche where people are not interested in buying your books, it was a lot better use of time to switch rails. She could still stay in the history niche and even leave the first book up. Even if nobody wants it, it builds your authority as an author having more books than less books. And so leaving it up, partially changing the description and optimizing it. But one of the key rules that I comment on to my clients is we do not go back and fix books if it's gonna stress us at all. We don't go back there and do that. Rather, we focus on the future. And if you feel that you can go back and fix stuff, then do it. But otherwise, if it's gonna demotivate you and make you not wanna write any books, then that is something you're definitely not going to want to do. And so one of the key issues then that Jen discovered was this idea of the profitable niche, discovering are you in a profitable niche or are you not in a profitable niche? So my question to you is, is the book you're working on in a profitable niche? If it is, write yes below in the comments. And if it isn't, write no below in the comments. And I'll see you in this video over here.